Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. the center of the galaxy this oh this is the force center main show the new show the big show looking at all the news of the galaxy i'm ken Hamsai. i'm joseph scrimshaw and i'm jennifer landa and we are gonna have a lot of fun discussing the news like i said looking uh, back at a star wars history date and catching on up we can't wait to dive in some great book news some more talk on kenobi we love getting excited for that show before we get to all of that we're gonna remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll have a Force Center recommends an audio book uh, we think you uh, might want to try out on us. 
Uh, and uh, as we have been saying recently, we'll update you when we have a, a link or updated information on Insight Editions. Uh, still a great company we enjoy working with. But before we get to the news, we want to catch up with everyone here. Life Adventures, Star Wars Adventures, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Jennifer Landa, back here in the fold. So happy to have you here. How has uh, life in Star Wars been treating you? Life in Star Wars has been good. Uneventful, uh, <laughs> which is fine. I feel like it's the quiet before the storm because mm. once May hits... Yeah. It's going to be crazy, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of enjoying this little lull. I'm, you know, watching Rebels. Like I talked about, I'm rewatching the Clone mm. Wars. I saw the uh, Purgle episode of uh, Rebels the Ooh. other day. I was like, oh, I remember that the discussions about the space whales <laughs> brings me back. Um, and yeah, that that's about it. Nothing, nothing too exciting to report. Um Although you know, I the Academy Awards were last night, and I mm-hmm. and I just realized uh, the actor Troy Kotzer is mm. that how you pronounce his name? He won Best Supporting Actor for Coda, and StarWarsNews.net uh, shared this morning that he was the first act, deaf actor to appear in a Star Wars project when he played one of the Tuscans in Chapter Five of The Mandalorian, and they are mm-hmm. actually crediting him with creating the Tuscan sign language. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I felt foolish. I, I didn't connect the dots there. And I think we had even d- discussed his name. I just, I just clearly wasn't paying attention to it. Saw that great story today and a wonderful connection to Star Wars. Wonderful. Yeah. Isn't that great? I have not seen Coda though. I need to, I need to make it a point to to watch it. Have, have either of you seen it? I have not seen it. I did do, I, I was pretty sure that I had heard that name ringing out in association with the great uh, Tuscan uh, mm. storytelling in The Mandalorian and, and fleshing them out more going into Book of Boba Fett. So I Googled it last night as I was watching and being like, did I remember correctly? Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm that I, so great. I, everything right. about that was great. And I can't <laughs> wait to watch Coda. Me too. Me too. I'll make that a, p- a point to watch it this weekend. I'm I'm still on. Uh, wh- what am I on? Uh, oh, Power of the Dog. Uh, <laughs> fell asleep during that one, but it, you know it's great. Wonderful performances. Love Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst. I've heard Dunst. from a, a few people that they really enjoy it, but they are needing to divide it up in like like it's a, a trilogy. You first you watch Power, then Of, then Dog, and finally <laughs> you've seen the whole film. I can I can see that. Yes, <laughs> I concur. Uh, and your uh, your Inquisitor TikTok was great. Your Grand oh, Inquisitor TikTok uh, is always, there's this great sense of fun to it, but also just like good, solid, practical information. Yeah. I love, I love, as you guys know, I love the behind the scenes things. And so really figuring out, well, why, why is this new live action Inquisitor look different? And why does he look different than, uh, you know, Tian Madon in Revenge of the Sith? And and I I guess I never realized that Tiamadon's face was a whole latex mask. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. You don't want the mask <laughs> moving around if you're going to have some, you know, fight sequences in a Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So <laughs> Yeah. Under the hot lights of the volume, your face melting off while you're trying to confront <laughs> Kenobi. That's no good. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's about uh, all that happened my weekend. How about you guys? Uh, Yeah. uh, uh, Don't forget to check out Jennifer's TikTok. We'll tell you at the end. Uh, Joseph, I know you had a good weekend. I'm going to assume you had a good weekend. You had cocktails, Musso and Frank. There's a lot going on. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, I mean, I I spread out my social media photos, but I mostly had a really big Friday because it was uh, my wife Sarah's birthday, and we had a really fun uh, sort of epic Los Angeles day. Uh, We went to the farmer's market in the Grove. Then uh, we went to Musso and Frank uh, 
one of our favorite uh, watering holes, a very old restaurant from 1919, uh, sat in Orson Welles' booth. <laughs> wow. We were told oh, Orson yeah. Welles sat at a lot of places in Musso Frank. So <laughs> I sat at his spot at the bar and now I sat at his uh, preferred bench, according to the major <laughs> D. Uh, so yeah, a lot of fun adventures. But the other big thing that we did uh, on on Friday to celebrate Sarah's birthday is we went to the Academy Museum, mm. uh, which uh, was something we've been trying to make time for. Uh, Sarah had seen kind of like a, a an early preview before they opened, so she knew a couple of the highlights. Uh, but it was really really fun to go and explore that together. If uh, people live in Los Angeles or are visiting Los Angeles, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, obviously, the Academy Awards were last night as we are broadcast. And there was a lot that happened there. Uh, so it is weird to talk about it in this context, but the museum is pretty fascinating because it is really celebrating cinema, obviously, and the history of the uh, Academy and the awards. But it's also not pulling its punches when there's something that was, you know, uh, controversial. Um so that that part of it was really fascinating. But the the Star Wars things that I wanted to share for my Star Wars adventures, uh, they got uh, a R2 and 3PO, you know, uh, cobbled together from different screen used versions of <laughs> R2 and 3PO. And I've seen them like way back in the early 2000s when there was a traveling display. But mm. you can get so close uh, because mm. they're in they're They're not like way far back. They're in a case and you can just like walk right up to them and really study the details. So, wow. uh I had a lot of fun just really staring at 3PO's hands. <laughs> uh, so obviously a ton of Star Wars stuff, but the thing that I really wanted to focus on and tell people about if they don't know about it is um, Ben Burt put together this uh, exhibit. So there's a section that's all about uh, science fiction, fantasy mm. genre. It's got, you know, like a, a model used in Batman Returns of the Penguins, uh, you know, uh, Grand Estate Home. That's where 3PO and R2 are. But then there's this... Um, this uh, exhibit isn't even the right word. Uh, it's called Behold, and it is, uh, you go into this room, and it's uh, like this circular room that's almost a complete circle, but then there's a space for the door, and there's a little uh, circular seat in the middle. And then there's a, a film, a 26-minute film that Ben Burt has edited that's just all these clips uh, that is a love letter to the genre of sci-fi, space fantasy, exploration. Oh, nice. And uh, it was so deeply moving because it's a celebration of Ben Burt as a sound designer, but also Ben Burt as an editor. Mm -hmm. And Ben Burt is as somebody who grew up just like Lucas, loving Flash Gordon, loving, uh, you know, all this thing that people might have kind of snickered out of the aliens with the funny heads, you know, and the cheap, cheap sets. And that wobbled when the ray gun made the funny noise and the kind of stuff that people might have laughed at. But for Ben Burt, clearly he he was affected by the power of it, the depth of it, the how it's talking about humans wanting to explore things and finding strange allies and finding hor- horrific conflicts and how these kind of stories of space and exploration can get to all these deep human things. And uh, there's not a, a, a word in this that isn't a bit of dialogue, but it just felt all of that, of going from mm. the youth, like his youth of loving Flash Gordon uh, and kind of the, some of the wobbly <laughs> uh, special effects of 50s sci-fi, uh, all the way up to all of the achievements that he has been a part of in this <laughs> genre. You know, it was just so, so powerful. Uh, there's one 
so like three screens are going at once. So, so a lot of times it's like they're speaking to each other. So you'll be seeing scenes that, that connect to one another. Uh, and then sometimes it'll cut down to one screen. There's one great cut where Wicket pops up and then it cuts to another character going, dad. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like everybody's calling Wicket their dad, which was yeah. nice. Anyway, uh, I'm going to stop myself there. If you get a chance to go to the museum, I think it's great. But if you're a fan of Star Wars in this genre, this exhibit called Behold is just one of my favorite things I've ever seen in a museum. That's wonderful. Wow. This is a very LA-centric question. Where is that located? Is that at the old LACMA building? <laughs> it's right next to LACMA. Um, okay. Yeah, it is in the old Mako uh, building. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's yeah. It's really really cool. There's a million. Is what's going through is like, oh, that's the thing I'm going to talk about for my Star Wars adventures. Know that. Know that. Know that. There's so much there. It's really fascinating. It's okay. huge. I went, but I don't. I never saw a three PO and R two. Are they on the first floor? They're on the fourth floor, I think. Okay. The third why. or fourth floor. There is so much mm. to see. Like There's I was taking so my sweet time and we had to we had to get to the next uh, appointment on our big day. And Sarah's like, um, you you we have to go upstairs now. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like basically ushered me to three PO and R2 and I lost my mind. Oh that's my gosh, that's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely great stuff. That's amazing. I mean, I, I still gotta get the moose on Frank. So I'll, I'll put the <laughs> Academy <laughs> Museum. Uh, on that list as well. Uh, yeah, down I know that neck of the woods quite well, but I just couldn't figure that out. I saw some of your photos. I'm like, well, now I've, I've seen other people go to this. Where is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very, the LACMA parking, you know, you can just park right there at LACMA. Yeah. It's very easy. It's great. Uh, welcome to LA Talks. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. what were your life adventures, Ken? Uh, no, you know, hard work, good hard work a week. And I, I enjoy that there, but I did have those moments. And we always end up kind of sharing them here sometimes when they happen on our, on our Star Wars adventures where I was out and about, I had to swing by uh, a set, my, my favorite 7-Eleven because I do have favorites and there was like a new employee so he didn't really know me and he I, he I, he kept looking at me weird and you know you immediately get self I have my mask on did I, did I not have you know I don't know and I, I couldn't figure it out and then as I'm checking out um, he just looks at me and goes hey man nice hat and I had my re- rebel hat on uh, uh, and I said oh Okay, I was so relieved it was Star Wars. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we just had a nice uh, one of those quick, uh, you know, interactions where you know the the Star Wars uh, thing you wear it, it does start a conversation, and uh, we always talk about it. Uh oh, is it going to be one of those moments? Like, and he kind of was a, a younger guy, maybe late twenties. So I figured, all right, we're going to have a, you know, this isn't some crusty old original trilogy era fan. <laughs> we had, uh, I, you know, he's, so I, I first saw it when I was three and I've just loved it ever since. So it was a fun little exchange and a reminder once again that Star Wars is everywhere, but also that the positivity for Star Wars and love of Star Wars can be found. Uh, even when uh, you're kind of got your defenses up because I started to put my shields up, uh, but uh, we had a nice exchange. So it was a good reminder, simple weekend, but good reminder. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love it when you can just have a positive interaction. And it's just a reminder that even though we all have lots lots of strong opinions, that sometimes, particularly in public, it's just, do you like Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks for my hard seltzers. I got to go. That's uh, good. <laughs> It was good. It was good. So there he goes. Love of Star Wars is everywhere, including the news. Let's go into the Star Wars news. Is that a transition? Not really, but we're here. Entertainment uh, Weekly, uh, which is now digital, as we know, uh, no more print, uh, ran kind of a, a follow-up interview. This is kind of a follow-up to their big cover story we obviously previously covered here. And this was uh, with Obi-Wan Kenobi director Deborah Chow. 
And it was uh, kind of centered around Darth Vader being in the show. So uh, a lot of stuff in here that we wanted to talk about here. And outside of the stuff we had heard previously from Kathleen Kennedy, which was brought up again, which was about the, the fierce internal debates about bringing Vader back. back uh, Deborah Chow talked about looking at the characters who are potentially important to Kenobi at this point in his life. And she said this. So really it came out of an evolution of the character for me. It wasn't just sort of bring him back. It was really like who means something and where are we at this point in the timeline with Vader? So I want to focus on that, Joseph and Jennifer. Fair to say we're in line with this thought process, but does this excite us more? Jennifer, what's your thoughts on Deborah Chow and Vader? I really liked this. I like that Deborah Chow said, that going into the show, she wanted it to be character-based, character-driven. Because I know that there's, you know, there's some skepticism. Oh, it's a very commercial choice, mm-hmm. bringing back Darth Vader. Um, but she is an artist, and she wants to serve the story. And it just, it makes sense. And yeah, it's cool, you know, Hayden's back. But it's a story choice as opposed to just being a commercial one. So this one made mm-hmm. me very, very excited. And to see kind of what what her vision is. What, you know, what is he going to bring to this story? Yeah, no, that's great stuff. And I, I want to kick it to you, Joseph, about just, just this exciting more. But to Jennifer's point, um, we know the conversation around that. We know some people are never going to be convinced. But uh, we're going to take her at her word, right? <laughs> Joseph, <laughs> like, this is, this is a good choice. Yeah, no, I really, really uh, believe her as a creator and an artist, you know, uh, seeing a little bit of the inner workings of of old Hollywood, uh, from uh, my uh, pitching and writing, you know, absolutely. People are concerned with the bottom line. It is a business. As we've all Mm -hmm. joked before, George Lucas did not start a nonprofit in the 70s. (laughs) Uh, Star Wars is, yeah, uh, making money is a part of it. But I really do feel like the vast majority of people and uh, these creators that we often talk about, uh, they uh, attempt to make money by telling a good and honest story, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think hearing the director uh, talk about it from that perspective, just for me, really, it's reassuring. I really believe that Lucasfilm does not bring major characters back lightly or for purely marketing reasons. You know, I think Vader yeah. action figures will sell fine, whether or not he's in Kenobi, <laughs> exactly. is my opinion. So I totally agree with that perspective on the the difference between the, the commercial and the story-driven, the character-driven. And that's what it is so exciting to me about Vader being back. Um, mm. If I had sort of like no inkling of like, why is Vader in this show? Uh, if it was a different show, right? I would be like, okay, why is he in Andor? Does he need to be in Andor? Well, I guess I'll find out. I'll be patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But for me, for this, for Kenobi, I just as a uh, as a fan, as a creator, I so agree with her perspective of if you want to tell a deep story of Obi-Wan's conflict of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, letting go of the past and looking to the future, Vader is the emotional obstacle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the strongest choice is to have him both emotionally and literally confront his obstacle, the thing that he can't get past. It just makes so much creative sense to me. Yeah. And, and yeah, Jennifer, to kick it to you too, you as well here, but I have this kind of thought of, Hey, does this make us more confident in the choice and picking up where Joseph was talking of, uh, there's you know great reason to do this. I'll even, if, if you're going to keep playing it little cynical, even if your boss came to you and said, put Vader in the show, <laughs> you as a creator got to figure out a way to make that work. And Janet, this is, a lot more confidence uh, I have at least in this choice, uh, you know, that, that, that she is she and the team. And there's been a few writers on the show. We know we're like, okay, cool. Even if this was a, uh, uh, SEO says, 
<laughs> later in the show. Uh, it's up to you to, as a creator to make it work, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, it's a bold choice. I mean, you know, if you want to say, okay, yeah, it's a commercial choice. It's risky because as we've talked about the scenes with, you know, the in Revenge of the Sith and how powerful those scenes are. So not that they have to match it, but it's got to be a story worthy of being told. And of course, it is a story worthy of being told. And and like you said, Joseph, you know, he he is the, the person that means the most to Kenobi. It makes mm. sense that he will return. And the show is about Kenobi, right? It's, it's mm. to turn up that um, emotional uh, drama and conflict. And so... I think it's I think it's brave. I would be scared. It reminds me of uh, what Filoni and and Favreau told her, right? Like go go big. Mm-hmm. That is a big choice. Yeah, and to me, it's just like we've talked about before. It's a it's a George Lucas choice, right? Mm-hmm. Like Lucas went around giving interviews saying, "Yeah, no, I I cut Maul in half because I wanted everyone to know he was just there for that movie that he's dead. I cut him in half so there's no doubt." And then years later, he's like, "You know what? Bring him back." I want to do some other things. That's the kind of storytelling that I think Lucas has always uh, pioneered. And if all those reports are true, I feel like that's the 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 encouragement Mm. that Favreau and Filoni were giving Deborah Chow. If all of that is is accurate, of Mm -hmm. like, yeah, don't if the logical thing is go to Vader, don't be afraid of it just because it's you know quote unquote too big or too untouchable. You know, right? We're going to be viewed through cynical lenses as fans <laughs> do. Yeah, and, and going back, I guess, I don't want to wade completely in the waters of Maul versus Vader and the stories that are running around, whether they were true or not. But, you know, this seemed cold, but Maul's not big in Kenobi's life at this point. He's big in his life, has caused him great pain, but I don't think he's focusing on that. He's focusing on Anakin. He's focusing mm-hmm. on Vader. That just makes sense for me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Obi-Wan didn't, fail mall you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know i just i continue to think you know what what would torture obi-wan well he didn't save anakin and he didn't stop the threat of vader and he feels a responsibility for for both of them and mm-hmm. you know for all of the the debate about how you interpret uh, a new hope uh the the mm-hmm. power of that line of obi-wan once thought as you did you know is is that alone is compelling to me and you know justice for obi-wan how does he find you know, peace in the acceptance of his belief that Anakin has made his choice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I want to talk about Hayden here in a second here, but just hearing these words and even just based off uh, what we're discussing here, what does uh, this make us think or dream about seeing in the show? It's dangerously close to predictions, I know. <laughs> but any thoughts, Joseph, that pop out of uh, a heart-to-heart campfire conversation we keep joking about? Or what does this make you think about? Yeah, no, we're, I think we're going to talk a little bit from the Vader perspective because uh, yeah. I could see him in the show where he is just sort of the the symbol uh, of of mm-hmm. what Obi-Wan needs to deal with, but I think he's going to have some kind of character stuff himself. Uh, but for Obi-Wan's perspective, I really, I, I think that Obi-Wan, I would love to see Obi-Wan truly try to get through to Vader enough so that it lodges in, in Anakin's heart where he's like, he, that that Obi-Wan once thought as you do it is kind of sad. <laughs> mm. Like uh, he held his mm. hand out and I thought about taking it for a half a second, but I recommitted myself to the dark side. I feel like that's what is the mm-hmm. subtext of that line in Return of the Jedi. So I think that's what I'm really interested in of, of Obi-Wan maybe mm. getting a little crack in that armor in it closing to the point where Obi-Wan feels like I have chased this down. The truth is Anakin is gone. And that Obi-Wan can find peace in that. And if Anakin is gone, then I should let go of the past and I should look on the future. I should look to Luke 
and that that is what gives him faith in in his mission you know yeah. he's there doing the mission but he doesn't believe in it you know and i think this yeah. this show could be a journey to him believing in his mission and believing in luke Ah, oh, I love that. That's Obi-Wan so going good. through the motions, Jen, and now he's committed. Now he's convinced, and now he has to let go. Oh, a big Jedi lesson. Yeah, that is that is powerful. I mean, Joseph, you're a writer, because obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's the show that I want to see. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of anything better than that, right? Just the acceptance oh, of just knowing that, that Anakin is gone. Ooh, that's heavy. But then, like you're saying, having a transition, we got to end on hope, right? We yeah. got to have a little something. It can't be all dark and and uh, dreary. So focusing on Luke is a beautiful way to have a new hope. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, um, but yeah, no, sorry is needed. I think it's. I think that's a part of you know the why Lucas made that new title for Star Wars. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but that is that is really beautiful. And I'm, I'm just selfishly uh, uh, since I love watching you mcgregor as an actor i want i want him to have meaty scenes i want him to really be able to go to those emotional places um just because i i enjoy it so much so mm. yeah it, it, it is it, not that we don't have really truly deep uh, emotional moments and scenes in star wars of course we do but i love what mm-hmm. deborah chow is saying of like we're gonna have plenty of room to really put obi-wan through the ringer right like yes mm-hmm. you have to move on quickly from beats like this in in films and they're still powerful but it's a different treat to be able to watch obi-wan wrestle for you know hours about what am i going to do if i confront vader again am i just going to try to take him down or am i going to try to get through to him to watch him wrestle with that oh i can't mm-hmm. wait I, if it yeah. happens that way yeah yeah <laughs> I, no, I also yeah. could be wrong about every single thing i've said and i will accept <laughs> that yeah, no, no, but but hey, even that's kind of a, this theme of uh, I, I, you know, I still wish uh, part of me wishes it was a movie. I would have loved to gone to a big movie, the popcorn, and a, and a drink, and, and watch this. But I, 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 I have to let that go and accept that this is where we're at. And now we have more time, more time than I could ever have hoped for to sit around and work through Obi Wan's problems with him. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's kind of what I want to see. Uh, Deborah Chow talked about having Hayden Christensen involved and how that represents different generations of Star Wars, making it uh, really special to bring Hayden back and really interesting for her to see how different generations connect with Star Wars. We talk about entry points a lot around here. So as original trilogy era fans, maybe not quite the grumpy ones that I was making fun of uh, later. It's <laughs> a general joke there. As original trilogy era fans remember Hayden being torn down by many. I'm not going to say us, but by many. Uh, what has it meant to us to see this next generation's love and support of Hayden that is uh, now kind of culminate, culminating in uh, his return to the role, Jennifer? Yeah, I'm glad that the prequels and the actors and the creators are getting the respect and accolades that they deserve. Um, it, because, uh, you know, I, I was a little grumpy myself when they first came out and I was a little vocal. But I'll tell you what shut me up w- over time <laughs> was that fans who grew up with those films were very vocal about their love and saying, hey, this is what I love about it. And, and it reminded me and I was like, oh, yeah, actually, I do like that. And I like that moment. And I love Revenge of the Sith. And I like Attack of the Clones. Actually, I love Attack of the Clones. Um, and I can find great moments in The Phantom Menace now as a parent watching with my my daughter. And so, you know, if I'm glad that fans have continued to push back mm-hmm. at the grumpier older fans um, because it's helped me grow as a person and as a fan. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
it's it's just it's really wonderful to see all the love and and this new generation of Star Wars fans um, sharing their enthusiasm with the prequels. Yeah, absolutely. I'm blown away by this idea, and I, I want to also give a, a nod to Matt Lanter as well and his great work yeah. in Clone Wars. A lot of these uh, this generation fans appreciates, but. Hayden is Vader. He is Anakin. Uh, even those who are very uh, appreciative and 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 uh, clear about James Earl Jones and David Prowse's role, but I mean, for that generation, he is Vader. He is Anakin, and there was kind of never a question by that era. Even even my own fiance was just wonderfully blown away by this news when it was announced because to her that that yeah that's 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 Vader. Like why <laughs> wouldn't he be there? So on some level, it might seem as reward and a little bit of a justification, but on other, on the other side, it just kind of, it, it is, and there's no other option for them. And I kind of love seeing that energy of like, what do you mean, Kat? He's, he's coming back. He, he is it. <laughs> no need. Uh, I don't know. So uh, that, that, that just, that kind of strikes me as part of this too. Yeah. I think just a, a big thank you to the generation that grew up with the prequels for uh, really being uh, so vocal in celebrating the prequels and celebrating the actors and the performances, because I think it's, it's thanks to how vocal that generation of fans are uh, that we're getting to see this great reunion between Hayden and Ewan. And mm. yeah, I, I think when I really look back, my ups and downs were, you know, I, I with Hayden and Vader uh, and Anakin, I had a hard time letting go of I wanted to see more moments of Jedi Knight hero mm. Anakin Skywalker. And a right. lot of the films are he definitely has some great heroic moments and some incredibly charming moments. Uh, and those are always some of my favorites because I wanted to see more of that. And so when I was grumpy, it was about like the the, the amount of time spent on charming noble hero versus troubled youth, yeah. <laughs> troubled young man. Uh and when I let go of that, which the Clone Wars animated series helped me to, because I, you get to see plenty of charming, mm. noble hero, uh, along with a uh, troubled young man. But once I let go of that, Hayden's performance is phenomenal. It is yeah. so relatable to somebody who's like, I, everybody has all these expectation, expectations on me and I have all these wants. And on one side, I'm super powerful. And on the other side, I'm being held back and I want these things and I'm looking for guidance and I kind of can't find them. It is just a great performance uh, of someone in turmoil. Uh, and I think my favorite shot that makes me just thrilled to see him here is I love that scene in Revenge of the Sith when Obi-Wan and, uh, and Anakin part and Obi-Wan is so kind to him and he's happy and fulfilled for just a moment. And then it's not enough and it empties from his eyes and he goes back to total turmoil in seconds and it's mm. just in his eyes he's phenomenal what you're saying it reminds me of kind of even the discussion around remember when uh kylo ren yells uh like traitor and people are like oh it's 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 skywalker angst right and it connects, <laughs> and it connects yeah. back to some of the hayden stuff and i think you're right that you know beyond just the generations just even pop culture discussion nowadays you still see the bad jokes about some of the more awkward lines uh, from Hayden or anyone in the prequels, of course, but like from Hayden about, about sand, about uh, love and Naboo and all those kind of things that you could make a meme and point to and laugh, but you kind of maybe chip away or uh, chalk those up to different choices by the director, right? Whatever you want to do. There's, what remains is some great moments with Hayden, particularly the, the Padme's rumination scene we always talk about mm. here and the tears, uh, him on Mustafar waiting. There's just some, there's, there's still waters running deep there a lot of times with me uh, as a fan, just kind of watching it. I really like what he, he's putting out there, Jen. You know, we, we were making the jokes, hiding, hiding the good stuff. 
Yeah. I mean, and you know, he was a kid uh, when he entered this mega franchise and, mm. and I mean, just seeing his confidence behind the scenes when you watch any of the, of the footage, you know, he's talking yeah. about the hair choice and, you know, talk about weight of responsibility to, to portray this character. And he, he did it phenomenally. And I just, the relationship that he and Ewan McGregor established on screen with their characters, that has, I mean, that's, that's it. That's everything. That's why we're getting their, uh, their, uh, you know, performances in Obi-Wan is what they established in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith and obviously what they've continued on with Clone Wars. But um, yeah, it's mm. really, really impressive. And he weathered that storm. You know, he, he went mm. off to his farm. I think it was in Canada. <laughs> yeah. <right>? yeah. <laughs> but he, he, uh, he weathered that. And that's really, that's really impressive. Yeah. I'm really hoping for some flashbacks and or some mask off time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes. are you, are you guys both on the same page of like, Hey, mm-hmm. even if it's just in the armor, great for Hayden, but, but hoping for some FaceTime with Hayden. hundred percent. And sometimes I have that, uh, you know, it's funny. We just went through with book of Boba Fett of, uh, what is uh, just a story set in a different timeline or what's a flashback and what uh, back to bed dreams do you have? <laughs> so I sometimes go, ah, you know, flashbacks or, or things don't work for me, uh, or, but they can work. And that's what the book of Boba Fett taught me. I, I really loved everything about that. So you, it made me really open to this idea of uh, tossing uh, some maybe revenge of the Sith era timeline scene, something around that, that we could uh, mm-hmm. really chew on and, and have them kind of dive into as performers and, and give yeah. us something wonderful. I'd love that. You gotta show the faces. You know me. I'm all about the faces. <laughs> the Mandalorian, please. Uh, so yeah, they got it because there's so much that you can convey. Like you're saying, with just the eyes, just a look. You know, a uh, 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 dropping of the face. Uh, it's just, it's so powerful. And so I really hope we see something. Flashback, yeah. whatever, yeah. anything. Can I? Yeah, I, I want to ask uh, both you, but uh, uh, Joseph right over here. But if, if there if there was was to be kind of a, a, some scenes or a scene set back then, um, we know George's decisions as a as a, a screenwriter in terms of dialogue and how he uh, talks about uh, particularly Attack of the Clones. It's an older style on purpose, and and that can be up for discussion. And you know when George says things, and all those kind of wonderful things. But um, if you have a scene like that with them, how how? much do you want it to have maybe a more modern feel with the dialogue or keep in line with what we're familiar with? Like, have, has, have any of you thought about that? Like, would it just be completely different if, if it's a, if it's a, you know, a mumblecore <laughs> scene with, with Aiden, <laughs> uh, Ewan, which it won't be, but you know what I mean? I think for me, I, I, I love the parts of Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship where there is sort of truth in the banter. And, and that's mm-hmm. definitely in the Clone Wars animated series, but it's also there in, in, in a lot of moments in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Like, mm-hmm. particularly Revenge of the Sith, they so knock it out of the park. The little mm-hmm. things like, you know, always on the move, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. it, and you know, we're, we're still flying half a ship and the little conversation about like that business on Cato and Mino, it doesn't, doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quoting all Obi-Wan lines because <laughs> I'm biased, <laughs> but there's a sort of a bounce between them. That's got a little bit more of that playful Luke and Han bantering, but mm-hmm. with the two of them, there's such weight behind it, you know, like right. even when they're bantering, they're kind of trying to figure out their relationship, you know, mm-hmm. um, even down to the like that you know the the walking into the bar in attack the clones of you know you're the closest thing to a father i have like I, none of that feels like stilted and over stylized to me it feels mm-hmm. like um banter hiding truth and that's the kind of scene i'd be fascinated by is a scene that 
I, I mean, it'd be great to see them in action in a big Clone Wars scene, but I would love a little, a flashback that's intimate between them where they're, they're maybe bantering a little bit, but there's kind of some deep truth that's relevant to how they might, how Obi-Wan might try to get through to him. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and, and Jen, uh, I don't know if you agree, but like, I, it almost kind of goes back to the point I made uh, about myself again, where it's like, yeah, there is some of the stilted stylized dialogue, but that don't look deeper, look deeper. Joseph's right. There's a bunch of little moments there, particularly in Sith that uh, uh, do capture that energy. So anyways, would it be, would it work for you if it's, uh, if it's a completely new style? Oh, that, that would, I think that that might be challenging. I love their banter. It's everything, right? I mean, it's, it's just really exposes their relationship and the, the tension, but the love and it's so complicated. And so I, you have to bring that back. I, I can't imagine yeah. a more modern style, Ooh, uh, but I, you know, I trust them. I'm open. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I'll love whatever they do most likely. So yeah. Yeah, it's and and it's you. Know, I'm 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 splitting hairs here on terms of what styles are and everything. It, it really, you know, I just I'm, I'm excited because it's even some of the comments Ewan has made of just you know he's he's been open about some of the blue screen acting and some of the more difficult mm-hmm. nature of that. And now we got uh, this uh, super super volume here as the volume moves forward and in, in size and scope and uh, <laughs> just uh, him as an actor. You know what if he's now that he has a little bit more control. And I'm not saying you know. It's nothing against George, but if if you and and, and Deborah Chow, they, they're the, what they're putting together, I don't know. Just I just think of a lot because because Mando has kind of a very very distinct style as Book of Boba Fett did, did as well. That that Favreau tone poem thing we keep talking about. It's a very <laughs> distinct style, and even I I kind of want Kenobi to have a different feel. But then I was thinking about it, uh, what putting these stories together of like, well, you know, I don't know if I want it to stray too much from what we've established, uh, particularly in Revenge of the Sith. But we'll see, we'll see. Again, I'm not saying that it's going to be like a Larry David, you know, improv scene. Here, but, uh, <laughs> oh, can you imagine a Star Wars curvier enthusiasm? Pretty uh, Sith like. <laughs> I think that's actually a, a pretty good match. A pretty good match. <laughs> uh, final big thing of the story here. Uh, and by the way, I just I love hearing Deborah Chow talk about this stuff. That's why I really wanted to dive into this uh, interview here. In describing Vader in this series, Chow said, for us, it's very similar to Obi-Wan in the sense that he, being Vader, is uh, in between these two trilogies. So he isn't the new hope Vader quite yet. You know what I mean? So we are with the character sort of in the middle of this period. It is still Vader, obviously, but it's a Vader that isn't quite fully formed as new hope. So, wow. Ah, it's a great statement there. I want to know from us here, Jen, what what is not fully formed as Darth Vader mean to you? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's been, so it's going to be what, 10, 10 years since he made his choice in Revenge of the Sith. And so even though that's a long time, you know, wounds can wounds can still be fresh. I remember 10 years ago, it's there's some things that still are, I'm still working through, um, you know, especially if you've been burned by your friends, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, he has not he's not fully formed uh, Vader. Right. So he still is going to be wrestling with things, especially he made his deal with the devil. He's living with that choice. And so that's where I see it, which yeah. makes me think that we are going to get a flashback or some a little something meaty to show that internal conflict. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that's why I think that maybe it's going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how you doing? You burned me. You left me for dead. That's how I'm doing. You talk about it here in Dexter's Diner? Yeah, that's how I'm doing. Let's talk limbs, old man. Yeah. 
Joseph, fully formed, not fully formed. Man, what does that mean? Yeah, I like this. I, I like how much uh, there's a lot been a lot of great comic book storytelling of of showing Vader on you know on different paths mm-hmm. of his journey of of accepting it, uh, being frustrated uh, by constantly being questioned and tested and challenged by Palpatine. Um, I, I really agree with Jennifer. I think that um, it maybe Vader has gotten at this point to a kind of place of somewhat uh, of complacency, right? Maybe some goes through some of regretting his situation, but not enough to make any change, you know, being mad at Palpatine for testing and questioning him all the time. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time a ghost from his past has directly challenged his commitment to the dark side, or even yeah. just in, and maybe his, his commitment to the dark side won't be challenged at all. Maybe he is unmovable, but this not fully formed. That's what I'm interested in. If Vader is that sort of, I think Jen said it so well. Uh, <laughs> if you had a friend who burned you, not on the <laughs> lava shores of Mustafar, but interpersonally, right? And you kind of had 10 years and you're like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. I've settled it. And that person pops back into your life that will just rip you open, right? Mm-hmm. And you think you've dealt with it all, but you haven't dealt with it face to face. And that's what I'm really uh, interested in, you know? Mm. Um, if we go to that story of, Obviously, he isn't going to turn back to the light. But if he's even tempted, mm. you know, the, the interesting part of it for me of from Vader's perspective, of the story is what stops him from going back? Is it anger at Obi-Wan? Is it because he can blame Obi-Wan? Is it mm-hmm. fear of losing his dark side power? Is it that fear of if he admits he was wrong, then he has to accept the pain and the horror of everything he's done? You know, and, and then just storytelling wise, how do you make those moments concrete for Vader? You know, what mm. symbolizes that uh, I'm tempted to turn back to the light, but I'm afraid of losing my power, so I I can't do it. You know, hmm. absolutely. Because I look, I think power wise and maybe commitment wise to the, to the empire. I know there's always going to be this cold war, soft war going on with Palpatine. You, you touched on that, Joseph. But other than that, he's he's Vader to me. He's not stumbling around trying to walk. He's not wondering should I should I do evil things today. He, he's been kind of consumed by it all. So I'm fascinated by this idea that that it could be you know, emotional. And again, it's, it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. You're right. I'm not expecting um, a super amount of time with Vader's thoughts, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? We could get there's what, six episodes, maybe episode four is uh, my dinner with Vader. And it's just <laughs> everything about it there. Uh, and you, you touched upon it earlier, Joseph, that scene, we love in return of the Jedi. We did the four center scene by scene breakdown on it. Go check out that podcast. Uh, if you guys want to dive in with us there, those wonderful lines, Obi-Wan one, well, not wonderful. They're, they're dark, uh, depressing lines, quite frankly. <laughs> Obi Wan once thought as uh, you do. Uh, you, we all have talked about it, that this that line in this entire sequence, kind of informing so much of the series potentially. But you don't understand the power of the dark side. It must obey my master. It's too late for me, my son. Is all these things, and I think you were touching on it there, Joseph. Just like he can't, given the opportunity, he just can't forgive himself on any level. And it, it's this true submission to the dark side. And is this some of those moments? Is this is this anything where? the last flame of Anakin is snuffed out and Obi-Wan has that realization, but also Vader wins in a way where everything from here on out, even when he is trying to jab at Palpatine or the guy, the great Ahsoka Vader moment coming up and, and rebels in his life. I just, it's still Vader trying to win his Vader, at least in my mind. Uh, and that this could be that break. And that's why he's not fully formed. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jen, have you got to the, in your rebels rewatch, uh, have you got to the Ahsoka Vader conflict? No. Okay. No, where, where I'm trying to think of where I am. I'm in season two, episode 
16, 15. Okay, yeah. So you're close. Oh, man. I was really, I was powering through like four episodes a day, which (laughs) I really recommend like going through it like that. It just, it's, I mean, I'm watching it with my lunch. I'm watching it with my dinner. Like it's (laughs) really exciting and it flows so well together. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also helps you remember things, which is really important nowadays. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's fantastic. The stories that they're telling. Yeah. It's yeah. a great scene. It happens on top of Purgles with puffer pigs fighting. <laughs> I love the puffer pigs. Oh. Lando's there. He's he's uh, betting. He's yeah. betting on whether Ahsoka. Get, uh, part of the reason that I brought it up is my memory of that scene, which I need to rewatch. Is is there's Anakin isn't isn't he's maybe affected by seeing Ahsoka, but there's no push to like maybe I should question mm-hmm. anything. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. You're right. I, I think you're right, and we, we maybe maybe we'll take a closer look at that scene uh, before we get to uh, 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 Kenobi. Maybe it's a good yeah. idea for us because I, I think it's good to revisit that. I've always taken it as a slice of hope. Ahsoka might, similar to Luke and and Han and Kylo and Ben and all that stuff. Of of uh, maybe Kenobi can't get to him at that point, but there's something about Ahsoka. But the wall, the eye shows, the eye of Anakin is there. Even his uh, voice, Matt Lanter's voice is heard. And it's like Anakin for a second. But I, yeah, never, he never dances close. He just won't give himself that. He just won't move mm. towards that. Yeah. And I think that could be some great storytelling of like, you know, he, he, he's that resolved because he's been through this. He's questioned mm. this. And the answer is right. no. And it is not until... You know, Luke makes all those wonderful choices that something truly changes. <laughs> Almost if in that moment, he could have said, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. just going to keep saying that over and over. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> he signs his, uh, his uh, you know, Christmas cards that way. <laughs> <laughs> Love that there. Love that there. Well, any uh, final thoughts on uh, Deborah Chow's uh, great words on uh, Darth Vader, Jen? This is just going to be a phenomenal show. I am so excited. I just can't wait to see what they give us. I mean, mm-hmm. I really had no expectations when when this was first announced. And I was like, eh, all right, we'll see. You know, there'll be one in the desert. No, this is going to be a really, and only six episodes. Each, each episode is going to be so packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, oof, boy, this is definitely not one to miss. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think even though, um, you know, I have lots of (laughs) uh, hopes and thoughts and predictions, obviously, I am ready to let them go and just enjoy uh, whatever story they have to tell and really just enjoy the performances of Mm. Ewan and Hayden and really enjoying that they're that they are swinging big. Right. That Mm -hmm. they are not they're having that that Star Wars spirit of of why not these these stories are not to be put on. Uh, shelves and just collect dust behind the glass that these characters are to be you know taken out and examined absolutely unboxed indeed yeah and and uh, we're really digging into anakin and, and, and kenobi and the vader of it all but joseph you just made me think of that trailer showed so many other potential wonderful characters moments planets scenes uh we're got we got a packed show coming and it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah, and we'll, we'll venture into the Qui-Gon conversation at some point. <laughs> at some point, we will. Uh, we are not done talking the news. We're going to take a quick break and come back with some great stories about some Star Wars books coming out. But speaking of books, we have a Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Just what do you have this week? We are recommending Mission to Disaster uh, by Justina Ireland, uh, the latest High Republic story. We are going to be talking about it this very week here on Force Center. So if you want to get caught up, you can give it a listen. You should do that. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Force Center. We are taking a look at the Star Wars news of the week. And I wanted to get some great book news in because we had two great news stories around Star Wars books forthcoming. We've been looking forward to the book Shadow of the uh, Sith. I almost said Smith, which 
It's like a medieval <laughs> book of a different type. Uh, the Shadow of the Sith, uh, the cover of this book was revealed along with an excerpt that takes us into Exegol. I will give some light spoiler warnings if people don't want to go uh, into the book knowing anything. I, I'm sometimes in that uh, category, but uh, I did read this one, so we'll give you guys a, a, a light spoiler warning here if you want to uh, duck out. We understand. Uh, as I said, the, the cover of Adam Christopher's forthcoming uh, book was revealed and features magnificently, uh, magnificently middle-aged Luke and Lando with a Sith assassin in the foreground. Is that Ochi Bastoon? Is it a division of Sith? What have we got going on? So let's just look at this cover. Jennifer, what did you think about it? I love the cover. I love seeing middle-aged Luke Lando's. <laughs> I've seen two old friends together. You know, the 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 whatever the person is, Ochia, mm-hmm. is it Ochia Bastoon? But then the, the long hair is kind of throwing me off, right? Is that long hair? It's some, yeah. I, it could be it. some completely. I, I just, uh, I hadn't, uh, and, and honestly, I haven't researched too much who it could be. I just, uh, it's a great, uh, it's a great striking, scary image. Yeah, yeah. it is. It kind of looks like Jason from Friday the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. With long hair. Jason from Friday the 13th, if he was in a metal band. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I love the cover. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I should know too. Like, I, we know what what Ochi looks like. We've seen him see right. the comics. I, but he could wear be wearing some sort of mask. I don't know. Things change. Yeah. Things change, Joseph. You know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a nice little skull mask. Yeah, I, I this cover is so great. I love the art style for this story. I love that it's kind of uh, sketchy and dark and rough, mm. and it it, it communicates. It's a different style than some of the cover covers, uh, and I think it kind of communicates what's you know, going on with the book that what they're looking for is the, the shadow of the Sith and maybe the Smith too. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, but I also just, so my, my reaction looking at it is I didn't read a ton of the EU books uh, when they came out. And I think if I saw this on the newsstand in, or the bookshelf on in 2004, I just, I would have, that would have been an instant purchase mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. with uh, Luke and Lando. And I'm so excited just looking at the cover of like knowing in modern Canon that, Luke is is doing his Jedi thing, right? Yeah. And so that I that I'm interested there's gonna be some kind of fun banter of Lando being like, So what's your whole deal? Artifacts, huh? What's <laughs> mysteries, huh? What's that what's that like? You know, I'm really I'm fascinated with uh what their vibe is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and then and then I, I have no idea who, what the figure is on the cover. Maybe other people have have uh, educated researched guests. Uh mm. I think Snow I think a Snoke conflict is possible in this book, right? Mm. Ooh. Um Everyone is uh, obviously Han and Leia are aware of him. Luke is well aware of him. Um, we've talked about this before. I like the idea that Luke gave him some of those scars, which really allows Snoke to play the victim to Ben Solo. Of like, mm. look and look at your what your violent uncle did to me. Mm. <laughs> mm. That I love that. Interesting. I love that. I love you. Yeah, I loved your description too of the uh, style. Just so I was trying to find the right words. Sketchy. In, in a good way. Yeah, like uh, literally. <laughs> sketchy, shadowy, and, and and like a vision in itself there. And I love, yeah, the striking uh, green saber ignited, uh, the beard coming in, uh, the hair still, like he's holding on to his hairstyle of his youth, but the beard's coming in. Uh, Lando, and I'm with you too, Joseph. I, I, I don't, I don't know if you, if you're here with us too, Jen, where, where growing up, it's like, you know, the idea of Lando and Luke going out on on adventures wasn't maybe discussed much, but I always did wonder. It's a it's a different pairing, and they've had some moments in the comics recently uh, as well. But I I loved hearing that in Rise of Skywalker. It just was like, well, yeah, like it's like Luke's Han's friend. We all have that friend of a friend, and you don't know that friend as well. But now you guys get to go to a restaurant together and try to become better friends. I love this idea. 
Yeah, I love right. that this this could be called Luke and Lando. We can get together without Han. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, Jen, right? Oh, yes, exactly. And and because it's Lando, we we know there's going to be some humor, which I think will will be important to have some moments of levity in uh, mm. perhaps a, this uh, dark story. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Now I'm just daydreaming about this, what the story could be in those little moments. Because, yeah, Luke, I, Luke, I think, has a, a secret sense of humor, but he's just, you know, he's had to bury it down. You know, Yoda told him he got to have a serious <laughs> mind, but he's got the, he's got the humor. He's, he's summoned Last Jedi. So uh, I love that there. Um, Jed, we did want to ask you, because we had talked about, especially when this book was announced, um, about this idea of now, hey, finally getting pre-Force Awakens stories. You know, it's set between episode six and seven. We have got a lot of them, uh, especially in the early days of, of, of uh, Road to Force awakens the journey to force awakens but now this is this is big this is a potentially big meaty book with all seven eight nine in this era all out in front of us including star wars resistance and other titles and everything so so what's your thoughts on these new stories and the lost years and what do you want from these kind of stories yeah i mean i i like that they're bridging the gap between the original trilogy and the sequels i don't really remember too much the the journey to force awakens uh i don't think i really read any of the books that I, oh, if I did, I don't remember them. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but what I really liked about this excerpt um, that was shared on starwars.com is how Luke has some self-doubt because of his years of self-directed masterless training. I thought that that was really interesting, a really interesting detail and something that I'm sure will be explored throughout this book. Um, and I think that learning about that kind of thought process might help kind of smooth where we find him in the sequel trilogy. Obviously, we know, you know, Kylo Ren and all that, that stuff that happened, their history. Um, but I think that that was a tough thing. We see him in Return of the Jedi. He's very confident, very cocky, not cocky, but very confident. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, he still is a, a little unsure and rightfully so. Um, and then also, because we have Lando... And, and I'm not quite sure if they've talked about this more because, you know, learning more about maybe Lando's daughter mm -hmm. to set something up mm -hmm. for a live action appearance in the future. I don't know. I just feel like this book is going to be revealing things that are later going to be fleshed out mm -hmm. somewhere else. I think that this mm. book is going to be very important. Um mm. And I don't know why. It's just it's just a feeling I'm getting. <laughs> um, but I just see how they are picking things from the animated shows and, and the books, and it becomes a much bigger storyline elsewhere. So I, mm. I'm definitely going to read this one because I haven't been up on the books as much lately. So Yeah. No, that's good. No, that's great. No, uh, love hearing uh, your thoughts on that, Jen. And uh, you heard it here. Jen predicts Lando's daughter starring in Disney Plus series, right? No? no? Okay. That's a good one, I think. That's not a bad idea. As we said, uh, spoiler warning, we're going to go a little bit into uh, the little sample that was uh, given to us there. I'm just going to run through some of the highlights there. You all, uh, Joseph Jennifer, just dive on in on what you want to talk about here. We got the juicy stuff. I mean, Luke on Tython using the same scenes that Grogu sat on to get to Exegol, kind of a vision, a vision travel, something he doesn't fully understand and we'll learn more about. And, and that's just the beginning of this little uh, section here. Luke talks about his power and untapped powers. I love this idea of like in spite of or maybe because of his masterless training. Uh, what that means to him is uh, he fights like nine wraiths looking for the one ring of power. They got red blades <laughs> and is saved. By is it true? Is it a vision? What is it? The Force Ghost of Anakin Skywalker. This is just a quick summary, but what jumped out to all of you there, Joseph? 
Yeah, I mean, the first thing that jumped out at me is this was an amazing day to, uh, I was busy doing other Star Wars uh, reading to get mm-hmm. ready for Force Center. It's like, yeah. I have to stop my Star Wars reading to read this excerpt so this excerpt is not spoiled. <laughs> right. Uh, with that Anakin reveal. Yeah, I really, this made me really, really uh, excited for the book. Uh, it felt like already just a great character study of Luke, of having him uh, go through, not, like Jennifer was saying, not even uh, doubts, but kind of questioning how his path might be different and knowing mm-hmm. that he is very powerful and feeling the weight of that power. And then have, suddenly being in this moment where uh, he doesn't understand what's going on. And he's been kind of almost got the vibe of like, I'm getting used to being a master who kind of has the answers. And mm-hmm. now I'm in a situation where I don't. And I think so much of what animates Luke is his desire to just find the right path, just do the right thing. And already I felt that kind of uh, tension that really connects Return of the Jedi to uh, the sequel trilogy and the little bits of storytelling we've had uh, in between. I felt like there was great, you know, I think the book will either make it more clear or the book will make it clear that it wants it to be ambiguous. Mm. But I love this sort of nether realm that it's playing in with Mm -hmm. the scene stone. I I feel like, and and Luke questioned, like, I think I'm really here, but I'm not understanding how that's possible, which has great connections to force projection and to Mm. Ray and Ben passing objects through the force, you know, and without getting too into explain it exactly how it works, because I want to have it be an X button on a video game where I can do this force power, you know, like, it's playing a little bit in that nebulous realm. Um, I think the other big thought for me is, I am thrilled to get this interaction between Anakin and Luke, if it is indeed uh, the force spirit of Anakin. Right now, it is making sense to me because it feels like Luke has traveled into how he's half on Exegol. He's half into some sort of spirit realm. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, the, the story of the four spirits have always been they arrive when they are absolutely needed and that mm-hmm. they don't in general provide like, uh, hey, are you backpacking? Uh, great. Uh, here's some <laughs> here's some instruction. Here's here's how to pack up your kit. Like they're not about practical. They're about what does mm-hmm. your soul need? Right. So. Mm-hmm. If this is the first time Anakin or Luke is communing with Anakin, if Luke has ventured into a realm that he doesn't understand and, it, mm. and he's only getting out with the intervention of Anakin, that makes sense of why Anakin would appear at that moment, you know? Mm. Oh, 100%. I, I was really, uh, I want to say almost kind of unexpectedly moved by this reveal. Yeah. And again, we're leaving it you know, a little open-ended, whether it's a vision, force mirage, I don't know, whatever, or actual uh, actual uh, force goes Anakin. I'm just intrigued by the idea and excited, like you said, Joseph, of Luke getting any time or any connection with his father and, and, and us getting to experience that. That's just kind of big and important and, and wonderful for me as a, as a Star Wars fan, you know? Luke and his yeah. dad. Luke's yeah. journey has been losing mentors, right? Like, or, or parental figures. He loses Owen Brew, and then he immediately loses Obi-Wan, and then he loses Yoda, and then he's like, I can't go on without Yoda. And Obi-Wan's like, sure you can. Right. <laughs> no, here he's been the master for a long time. So, oh, man, not just his dad, but just Luke's had a bad run with a wanton <laughs> reassurance from parental figures. In, in Book of Boba Fett, he's even kind of looking for Ahsoka to give him the nod that he's making the right choice, you know? So right. it gives it real emotional weight. Uh, for Anakin to appear and you got to think if you know the next page of this might be Luke being like all right don't go anywhere I have exactly (laughs) one million questions (laughs) and then he disappears (laughs) (laughs) I really liked how uh writer Adam Christopher he made me feel like I was there it was the way he painted this picture 
uh, on Exegol just being like a feeling of emptiness and like mm. darkness, which really encapsulates who the Sith are. It reminded me of the Nether from Minecraft. If anyone mm. plays that, uh, <laughs> my daughter loves that. It's creepy. It's mm. really freaking creepy, and I think it's important to be able to convey that. Um, it just paints such a, a scary picture. I will not be reading this book at night because I might. Be <laughs> I will wait until thunderstorms to get fully into it. Yeah, know, it really crazy. captures the, the the absolutely phenomenal design of Exegol. Mm -hmm. um, Ken, my other reaction was to want to hear how you feel about the overt Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> it, it, isn't it nine wraiths in it Lord is. of the Rings as well? It's yeah. nine wraiths. And then Anakin is, uh, what, he, he's Strider, right? <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. This is almost like a, a weather top scene uh, with the Witch King of Agmars here. Yeah, I love all of it. But I, I actually, I, 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 other than just kind of chuckling at the, at the direct reference, it just kind of, Feels right. It feels right for Exegol. Feels right for the the Sith. It just the idea. You know, I'm not an. I've always said this. I'm not a super believe it or not super like fantasy fan. I don't spend a lot of time in the world. I just love the stories that I love in those worlds. So I'm not an expert on on any kind of high low mid fantasy. I'm not. But just the idea of of wraiths always seem they're tortured, right? They're captured. They're yeah. they're they're beings who, who are, aren't what they used to be, and will never. You know, it's just it, it's 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 darkness. And yeah. Sith and Exegol and that world and the design of Exegol, uh, you know, yes, we're very positive about Rise of Skywalker here. But even if you're not, could you just let, could you just agree that Exegol's pretty darn cool? <laughs> like, I just, yes. just kind of want that boat, you know? The sound yes. effect of that lightning. Mm. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Horrible and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to, to answer your question, I, I loved it. I loved it. It just made me think of uh, exactly what uh a wraith could be in Star Wars and what it is Oof. in the other stories. So loved everything about it. And I just love, you know, this is something we've talked about before. I know we're going to talk about it again. Of just, uh, you know, getting to go back. It is not, I have, uh, there's not a cynical drop in my heart about going back and just going, okay, what is there now in Star Wars to use during this time? And how can we put it together? And is it setting up more with Lando's daughter? We we get to do that now because hey, maybe it wasn't done in spots. And and I think he, I, I would I would say that to someone who 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 wasn't you know just super thrilled with seven, eight, nine, or maybe just eight and didn't like nine. I just go, hey, you know, if you're a Star Wars fan, this is all here for you us to go back and not just connect, not just fill in blanks, but just see what is there for the story and what kind of fun can we have? What kind of enlightenment, what kind of knowledge can we gain from the pieces on the playing board? And mm -hmm. this is one of the big ones that I think is going to get to do that. At least first. There are going to be a lot of articles that said Star Wars reveals uh, about this book, I think. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, thanks for getting, thanks for warning me. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Um, final thing, and, and and this is definitely for, for all three of us, but uh, I thought of uh, you a lot, Joseph, here. Just like, you know, you're growing up a Luke fan. You're, you're an Obi-Wan mm -hmm. uh, guy as well. This we know, but... You grew up a Luke fan. That was that was your figure that you got when when you and your brother uh, divided the the figures. I love that story. How does it just feel to get new Luke stories, man? That that was exciting to read his name. Yeah, no, I'm really really excited to have more stories of Luke in this period where he is just really trying his best. I, I love the story of the Jedi because to me they aren't just like perfect heroes. They're they're heroes who strive to be their absolute best. And seeing a character like Luke, who is just really trying to do the right thing and navigate all of these questions and challenges, uh, it, it, it's really fun for me to just spend time with the character of Luke. Mm -hmm. I think the movies are often about uh, 
becoming, right? Uh, that's mm-hmm. the journey for Anakin, for Luke, for Rey. Uh, the, the, those trilogies are the journey of them becoming. And I think what books can do and other storytelling, like comic books and video games and animated series is just let us spend some time with them in the ups and downs of life. Mm-hmm. And finding Luke at this point in his life where he's having lots of victories, he is a powerful Jedi master, uh, but he's also struggling with something. And we know he's, we know this book isn't going to be a, a complete success. He's struggling to find out what's going on with the shadows of the Sith. And we know he doesn't get all the answers. So yeah. all that stuff to me makes it a really compelling time uh, to hear this story from Luke, as well as just spend time with him in Lando. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, they have a chance, they have a chance to have Lando reintroduce hot chocolate to Luke here. We really have a chance <laughs> to do this. <laughs> Really have a chance, Jen. Uh, yeah, I you know I I love it, and I know again there there's sometimes this some, uh, skepticism. But why are they having another Luke book? Do we need another? Yeah, because for for me, sometimes I can find the books to be a little bit overwhelming to to dive into mm-hmm. these new mm-hmm. stories, and I really want to. Um, but but being able to just pick up the story with Luke and Lando, it's like we know the characters. Let's just dive right in and get into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like we can already hit the ground running as opposed to having to really establish anything. And I appreciate that. Yeah. So therefore, I like this book. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I we, we read almost everything. And the, I've been rewarded sometimes when I'm like, OK, I got to meet some new characters, you know. Mm. Uh, but there is just a wonderful comfort to exactly what you're saying, Jennifer, of like, I get to spend time with old friends. I know exactly mm-hmm. who they are. And let's go. Exactly. Yeah. Something fun about that, indeed. Well, we, of course, are going to take a deep dive into Shadows of Sith when it comes out later this year. This little fun little book story here. I love this one. Saw this, uh, and it's on uh, StarWars.com. We want to talk about it. It's an Inside Editions book. We get to explore Tatooine in a new book by Riley Silverman and Studio Muti. Uh, Comedian and writer Riley Silverman wrote a new book called Star Wars Exploring Tatooine from Inside Editions, uh, in which we all get to explore Tatooine, as the title uh, would uh, tell you, with this great art. art. And the book looks absolutely great. These are the kind of books I love on my coffee table. Fun and informative. will take us all over the Outer Rim planet when it is released in August of this year. Riley talked about being able to connect with the classic planet and the characters like Luke Skywalker with emerging legends like Dr. Afra and how that helped her gain a deeper appreciation for the place uh, this unassuming desert planet has in the grander Star Wars story. Uh, so we'll, we'll start there. And uh, Joseph, we should, you were friends with Riley. I've, I've uh, worked with her briefly at Screen Junkie, so I, I don't know her as, as well as you, uh, but been on your Obsessed podcast a lot. So this is a lot of fun to just get to see this uh, news pop, right? Yeah, yeah, this is this is a, a great moment uh, for Riley. She deeply, deeply loves uh, Star Wars. And yeah, I've been uh, friends with her for several years, uh, doing a lot of different uh, comedy shows together and panels at Gallifrey One. And yeah, for a while there on my Obsessed podcast, I had a tradition of doing an Obsessed episode about all the new Star Wars movies. And uh, Riley was always on those and always uh, really, really uh, fun and insightful uh, perspective on Star Wars. So I'm very happy for her and very happy for this book. Mm. Mm, absolutely. Uh, uh, what do we hope to gain from taking this tour of Tatooine? There's this planet that's been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think for myself, uh, uh, I, I one of my favorite things about Star Wars is that sort of deep sense of the ancient. And this is yeah. this is a you know a, a fun coffee table book from the the uh, the uh, sample pages they gave us, but. I love that sense, you know, I think that you can have sometimes in a real life when you walk into a room and feel like, 
a lot of things have happened in this room. <laughs> and like uh, Star Wars has that sense to me going back to Obi-Wan saying that's a name I've not heard in a long time and that little music trill that I love so much there. And I feel like a book like this really gets you into almost that sort of romance of the ancient. But like it, like, it is that sense of you walk into a room and so many different people have been here so many different moments have happened here but instead of a room it's an entire planet <laughs> you know <laughs> these interconnecting threads of what all happened to this place and when and why it, it gives a sense of history and depth uh, well said jen thoughts on this uh this looks like a great book for you to sit down with uh, your kids and then when they go to bed read it yourself again Absolutely. I love it. When I saw this book, I went, oh, instant purchase because my kids love looking at these types of books because it, it gets them to not only know the characters um, and the, some of the stories, obviously, that they can't necessarily watch per se, um, but it also is, you know, it's great for me to brush up. And it, I like that it bridges, you know, the comics and the Mandalorian. It's, it's including all of those stories together. Um, and it's a way for my kids to to learn more about it and for mm. us to be able to have some mom and daughter's time over Star Wars, which I always enjoy. Love that. Yeah, I'm there here for the, the bigger connections, especially as Star Wars keeps rolling and more stories, more characters, more events. So to put them all on one map, so to speak, even though it's several pages of a map, it's just kind yeah. of fun for me. Uh, the timelines of places and go back to even some of the discussions um, you, you and I had just recently on, on the episode of why so much Tatooine of <laughs> it is, it is an outer implant. It is, uh, you know, far from the center of the galaxy, all those kind of things. But I also, I've become obsessed with the idea of, uh, you know, Luke also just, you know, didn't know when he was complaining, like even <laughs> yeah. Biggs kind of said, uh, someone pointed out, in the, I think it was the, more the radio drama of like, you've never left here. I'm paraphrasing, but just like, what do you mean? You don't know what this planet is to the greatest story, Luke. So I love to actually kind of see that of no, Tatooine is key. It's, it's a forgotten planet in the, in the, in the galaxy, so to speak, but it's key. Uh, yeah, no, I'm right there with you uh, on that. I, I feel like Tatooine is introduced as unimportant from Luke's perspective, but I think just the actual facts of the story, good, bad, or otherwise, the the facts of yeah. the ongoing Star Wars saga is Jabba's palace mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, makes it a significant place in the galaxy. And those yeah. spaceports where lots of different characters might uh, overlap make it a significant place in, in the story. Love that. Exactly. Can't wait to dive into this book. Yeah, the art looks great. A lot of fun. Um, and I just love uh, spending time with these uh planets that aren't just key to the story uh, of Star Wars. They're key to us as fans because, yes, you've lived with them your whole uh, fandom, and it's a lot of fun. So now, while no one at Inside Editions is saying this is the start of a new series, I will say strongly it should be. It should be. (laughs) Uh, So what other planets we want to see explored in this engaging fashion? And, yeah, maybe uh, there's some planets we pass through. Some have bigger stories. But, uh, Jennifer, any any planets that you want to just explore with some wonderful art and words? I would love to see Naboo. I mm. mean, there's so much, right? The Gungans, mm. there could be a cute section with Anakin and Padme and the shacks. Um, <laughs> there's a, I mean, just, it goes on and on. And it, cause I was like, oh, well we could talk about Coruscant, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that happened in Coruscant that may not be a lot, a lot, of, a lot of drama. Uh, Naboo has some nice lighter moments that could <laughs> round it out well, is what I'm saying. I, I, that's a wonderful choice. Wonderful choice, uh, Joseph. 
uh, I will. I agree with that choice, but I will go to the opposite end of the spectrum and say Mustafa. <laughs> I was going to do that too. Wow, wow. Uh, I, Mustafa does not have the volume of connections mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. moments that uh, Tatooine does, but I think that would be a fascinating one. Uh, Riley's got this good good quote in the uh, article where she says, I, "I think the book serves as a nice trip down memory lane for longtime fans and as a fun primer for those just taking their first steps." Uh, mm-hmm. Jennifer, you were also saying this is one of the fun of these kinds of books is pulling from all these different sources. And there's fun things with Mustafar of, you know, uh, different criminal organizations have had a base there. Vader's Castle is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Palpatine had a stronghold there. What, is, what do the actual Mustafarians do and think and feel? Like, there's mm-hmm. so many little little uh, moments across different medium to connect in a book about Mustafar. Plus, lava is pretty. <laughs> I, I, but see, this is my thought is like, just looking at some of the art, like there'd be a lot of great lava art. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, oh I love that. It, it, it would be like, like stories of light, stories of dark. It would be the opposite side of it. Uh, not that Tatooine is all uh, fluffy uh, stories of light, but uh, I love that there. Yeah, Jen, you're right about uh, Coruscant. Yeah, maybe there's a lot, maybe a lot to get to. That'd be <laughs> fun. I had Mustafa on, on my list, but I, I, I also would uh, suggest Ilum, even though it ends very sad. <laughs> it's a sad ending. Uh, there's a lot to Ilum, and we could have a little art of, uh, you know, Gungi and uh, Professor Wang, maybe. Like, there's a lot of a lot we could do on Ilum, and including Cal Kestis and some of that stuff that we could do in the Fallen Order. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and I see uh, I see people on social media are also on uh, on the the fantasy team that it is Gungi who rescues Grogu. So I hope that will be revealed in one of these books. Oh, oh, I, I, oh that's a, that's a, that's a wow. interesting bet to make. I like it. I might take it. I might take it. Oh, that's a look at Star Wars news. Before we get out of here today, though, we want to uh, look back uh, to Star Wars past and also kind of look ahead because this is actually an anniversary. It's going to be the end of this week. Uh, We're looking ahead even into April. On April 3rd, 1978, Star Wars, not quite a new hope yet, won six Oscars at the 50th Academy Awards for the year 1977. Art direction, sound, original score, editing, costume design, visual effects, and a special achievement award for sound effects editing like they were like you know this is gonna be historic you get a special achievement now uh the franchise has received 37 nominations to date but after these first six wins at the 78 ceremony it only took home one additional oscar since uh since that but uh, that, that does not account uh, even more special achievement awards there so we've discussed the relationship or sometimes lack thereof between star wars and the academy awards as pundits as uh, mature adults but i want to go back to our <laughs> formative years as fans growing up there in the 80s did it ever bother either of you that when all the adults gathered around to hand out movie awards uh, star wars didn't seem to be there jennifer you know it never it never bothered me because i've always seen a lot of the films that were nominated especially in past years as <sighs> The Academy's kind of weird about what they nominate. You know, they don't always nominate the most popular films or even sometimes the best films, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been a clear line in what they see as popcorn movies. And they believe that Star Wars are kind of popcorn, you know, blockbuster type movies, right. um, whereas they tend to favor more character driven types of films. Um, and they love biopics, obviously. Um so, yeah, I you know, and it makes me think of as part of the reason probably why George has felt like an outsider mm. while his friends like Steven Spielberg, you know, getting all the awards and Francis Ford Coppola are always winning um, Oscars and things like that. But, yeah, it never it never was a. 
big deal to me. It was always like my special thing. I'm like, eh. Mm-hmm. But I, I always appreciate the films, of course, some of the films that they've nominated, but I never yeah. really cared. Although I do yeah. love watching the Oscars. Yeah. It can be fun and intense, as we've learned. Joseph. Yeah, no, I think uh, as a kid, that was probably one of the things, you know, not only Star Wars, but like all the movies I was excited about, like Star Trek and like Mm -hmm. uh, Superman, uh, learning early on that, oh, they can win awards for technical stuff, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but not for stories or acting. I think it's one of the many things that as a kid, like I don't think I I, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have an Oscars pool, you know, and I wasn't like, how dare they? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But it was one of the factors that built up in me the uh the attitude that um a lot of the world has a dismissive attitude toward genre storytelling toward mm-hmm. the kind right. of storytelling i love and I, it's that's just always going to be a challenge that's always going to be a tension where you know it, it, a movie can have you know the same caliber of performance and can even be dealing with the same issues um but if it's a, you know a haunting real world story ripped from the headlines it's mm-hmm. going to feel <laughs> that's going to be more, uh, people are going to be, m- some people are going to be more open to that than if you tell the exact same story, but they got a weird space head. <laughs> that's just right. always going to be a thing. Uh, and, and I will say real quick, um, also in, in the Academy uh, uh, Museum, they've got a great display of, of actual statues and they have the actual special effects statue mm. that uh, Star Wars won. Uh, that was that was oh. really powerful to see on display and really see as a part of, of cinema history, that mm. special effects statue. I uh, love what you're both saying, and I'm with you on all of it there. Uh, it, it did, and even as a kid, I, yeah, I... Um, I felt it. I felt it and, and felt the idea of uh, this uh, less than, right? This idea mm-hmm. that it's just all less than. And and I would be bummed. I would see, you know, oh, Star Wars got a sound nomination or something like that. But, but you know, why not this or that? And, and, and yeah, I know as, as you got older, I could, I, could um, I don't know. I, yeah, it, it bothered me more, but I was surrounded by film fans who appreciated Star Wars for what it was. But it was frustrating. It, 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 this is why I was thinking about this. Like we could have the adult uh, discussion about it from now and and th- a lot of it's changing but i still think the 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 barrier to just accepting a lot of these things as as art comes from this type of era uh not just the critics looking down on it and i love kind of looking back at those you know really pretentious reviews or just people that don't get it <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah george's ener- energy jen you're, you're absolutely right that's kind of carried almost like he's like why bother you know I don't care. You know, Spielberg can do his things. And I love the rip from the headline stories. I love the, the serious movies. I love all that stuff. I get it. But just because one of the main characters has, you know, hobbit ears doesn't mean his powerful <laughs> lesson of, of finding his place in the world and being heroic and things doesn't, doesn't resonate. And so I think uh, even as a kid, and I wasn't watching the Oscars all the time, but it just felt like, all right, I'm in this corner. Uh, we are the nerds and mm-hmm. uh, this is what, what we get to do. We just get to enjoy the, the nerd stuff. All right. I yeah. get it. Yeah. I got it. So, yeah, it's just one of those things to struggle with. And you're right. I mean, there, there absolutely have been, you know, uh, uh, strides, you know, return yeah. of the King, uh, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there, mm-hmm. there have been some good moments and, and hopefully more. Mm-hmm. I, I have a thought, but I ask, I want to ask you, you both a question. I feel like if, uh, I was ever in a position to, uh, have an award and make a speech, I would be extremely tempted to give a very nice speech. And then at the end of it, just throw out 
Mark Hamill was robbed for Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> and Trisha Bigger, costume designer oh. Trisha Bigger got robbed. Yeah, robbed. Oh. Would, uh, would either of you ever make a public stink if you had an opportunity <laughs> about which particular uh, moments or people were robbed from their rightful uh, Oscars in Star Wars? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, if it was like in the press leading up or, in, you know, the Oscar yeah. lunch, you know, what are your thoughts? I mean, like, you know, we just, we just, you know, we love uh, Adam Driver in this movie. We don't love him and as Kylo Ren. Okay. Okay. I see what you've done. I see what you've done. Right. And Luke. Would, yeah, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Exactly. I do it at the Golden Globes because the Golden Globes is always, you know, people are drunk and things like that. So it's just, <laughs> that'd be the perfect place to do yeah. it. Well, yeah. uh, I think that is, uh, I think a, a lot of people are going to be be thinking that. Save it for the Golden Globes. <laughs> well, when I tuned in the Oscars this weekend, I saw the tables and chairs in the front and I said, oh, they're trying to make it like the Golden Globes. Turns out they did. Yes. <laughs> they did. I had the same thought. Oh, well, yeah. mm, interesting. Uh, well, yeah, thanks for helping me with that. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about it, and I, I, I flashed back to like ni- 1988, just going, well, how come Star Wars never got any of this? This is, this is yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that happened this week, April 3rd, 1978. That is our episode for this week. I'll let you know where you can find us here, and we'll sign everybody out today. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod, Instagram, and YouTube as well. We do want to announce, getting up my calendar, Joseph, we said April... Oh, that's March. Uh, there you go. April 8th. Uh, April yes. 8th, uh, Friday, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific is going to be our next Force Center live Q&A on the YouTube channel with cameras, with faces. Uh, so uh, we will be there. Uh, we, we really appreciate you all listening to some of our episodes on uh, YouTube and, and those who want to see our faces. We will do, do it more and more, just not for these main shots there. Uh, Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of different spots, including a- ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. From there, you can get into our Discord where you can discuss Star Wars with Force Center friends. I got to get back on the character of the week. I forgot to post character of the week the last two weeks. That's on me, everybody. Um, you can complain about it uh, by following me at Ken Napsack or go to my <laughs> website, kennapsack.com. Uh, we always uh, try to highlight uh, charities, things going on in the world. Obviously, uh, always so much to choose from. I'm still highlighting the Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund at globalgiving.com. Or just search for it over there as uh, the Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund. And uh, you can help support uh, millions uh, who are now caught in the middle of this uh, just uh, horrible humanitarian crisis. Uh, Joseph, uh, what about you? Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Is that Joseph Scrimshaw? And check out everything else on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. And I would like to continue to highlight Vote Forward. It is an organization where you write personal messages to voters about why you vote and encourage them uh, to use their power. The organization has uh, done studies and it has been proven to work that it it brings up uh, the number of people who turn out to vote. I don't think voting is everything, but I think it is a concrete thing that we can do that is within our power. So I think that we we should use it. So if you're interested, you can check it out for yourself at votefwd.org. Wonderful indeed. The power of voting. Padme would agree. It's important. <laughs> it's a Star mm-hmm. Wars thing. Uh, Jennifer, take us home today. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Jennifer Landa and my TikTok uh, at Jennifer Landa 1138. Um, and today I am spotlighting again Equality Texas. They are the largest nonpartisan statewide political advocacy organization working for the elimination of discrimination targeting the LGBTQ community. Um, and right now, you know, they need our help to have the necessary tools and resources to combat 
discriminatory policies aimed at the LGBTQ community, specifically in Texas. You can find out more about their work at equalitytexas.org. Wonderful stuff. Thanks for sharing that, Jen. Thanks for all of you for listening. So, for Lando, Luke, and Hot Chocolate, a key to Star Wars storytelling, we'll see you next time here on Force Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Kyler Tsaitis. I'm Khaled Sinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.